Hello, and welcome to Exchanging Eternal Truths. I'm your host, author and minister, Heather Lancaster, and I'm happy to be joined by my favorite person in the world, my spouse, Minister Greg Lancaster. And today, we're going to be talking about... The walking in the integrity that God has called us to be as men and women of God, and uh, what that looks like practically, and uh, what are biblical examples of that that we can learn from. Very excited to be here, and uh, thank you for spending your time uh, learning uh, and discussing with us more about God and and that relationship. There's no better investment you can make in your life than getting closer to God and and to increase your relationship with Him. So, uh, when you're talking about integrity, you know, a lot of people, um, a lot of people say they have integrity, but what does integrity really mean to you? For me, the first thing that comes to mind is honesty. Uh, are you honest? Can people trust your word? We live in a culture now where that is not as valued as it used to be, where um, in the past, great business deals were done by the power of a handshake uh, b- between two people. And that that's all they needed. They didn't need the uh, the lawyers and the, um, to read the fine print and triplicate to figure things out. They could just trust that that person was a man or a woman of integrity, and they trusted that they had a deal. Um, and now that that is the the current culture that we live in that is not as important but it is uh, as as important to us as Christians to uh, to not do as the world does but do as God has called us to do yeah and I, I'm I'm reminded of in in Bible times a lot of times the uh, the covenant was done like you said just by word but also they'd exchange shoes. That yeah. that was one of the ways I know in uh, and I believe it was in the book of Ruth when they would go to town they'd go to whoever was in charge of the town and they'd exchange shoes as a method of and only one shoe so it's not like you had a new pair of shoes to walk away from it was just a single pair of shoes and you're just, or a single shoe and so that was the exchange of a shoe was to say I've I've done this deed with you yeah so if someone had a sneaker and the other one had was wearing high heels. Um, then they would become unbalanced in their walk. Is that where that comes to unequally yoked? I think so, yeah. Unequally yoked in your own (laughs) gait and uh, in your own way of traversing the world. So hopefully they were of comparable shoes that they could exchange there. But yeah, yeah, that's a great point about that's because it conveys a level of trust to say, I I trust you enough to, um, to give you something of mine and to receive something uh, equal of yours and that uh, to seal the deal. And we think about it, you know, we talk about that exchange of shoes. You know, to us, that might not be as big a deal. You joke, make the joke about the sneaker and the high heel. But back then, they probably only had one pair of shoes. Right. Or at most, probably two. Maybe mm-hmm. one to work in and then one to wear to synagogue or yeah. something like that. So. Yeah, they didn't have a shoe uh, closet uh, like so many people have. That's, That's true. Yeah. No sneaker heads in the in the. Uh, old uh, Old Testament times. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's growth in the world. Yes, yes. That's why we're under a new covenant. Right. <laughs> Somewhere in there, maybe there's something about shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're out there and you have a uh, shoe addiction, then now we, this is something we can pray for you about. Uh, so you can be delivered of that shoe addiction and 
you know, I've met as many men addicted to shoes as I have women, to be honest with you, that the sneaker culture, and I said, I use the phrase uh, sneaker heads, which is a uh, common vernacular now, but uh, yeah, people can get obsessed with just about anything and and obsess about anything and, and getting the best uh, sneakers and the most exclusive things are, uh, can be problematic, so. Joking aside, uh, hopefully there's not those people out there, but if you are, you know, you can be delivered of it. Well, I, I think you you actually sort of dive into a different topic that maybe we want to talk about another day. But, uh, <laughs> no, you laugh, but uh, anything can become an idol, whether it's, whether it's possessions, whether it's, you know, we think about when we talk about not worshiping idols in the scripture, it talks about... Um, you know, we think of, you can't make any graven image, but anything that gets put before God is, is an idol. So th- there are people who put possessions, cars, shoes, relationships. houses, yeah, relationships. Yeah. That's a really good thing. That's, that's kind of a, a whole topic in and of itself. I agree. So food for thought. Food for thought. Maybe next time. Yes. But uh, I'm reminded of the verse uh, when we're talking about integrity and 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 having that level of integrity. Uh, Matthew five thirty seven uh, and the New King James says, "But let your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one." Now, this is Jesus speaking here, and he's talking more about uh, don't swear on things. Don't um, you don't have the right to swear this or that because you're uh, not in charge of that. Um, he hasn't given you that authority to do that. He's saying, but be firm. And as a matter of fact, the the Amplified Version said, uh, let your answer be a firm one, a firm yes or a firm no. Um, and for integrity's sake, just keeping your word um, is, a, is a big deal. It's something that, um, again, we see people getting lax on and, um, if you if people are looking at you to be something different, to be a disciple of Christ, they want to see that level of commitment. And if you're constantly breaking your word and, and you're not reliable to them, then you are no different from the world. You don't have anything that a lost person would want in a Christian, or that is not the best example of a Christian to someone who's lost or someone who needs to come back to Christ. Well, and I'm reminded too, I even... I even referenced this in in one of the books that it's even as something as simple as making a promise like yes I'll absolutely meet you for dinner on Friday and then you find every excuse in the world to get out of it and it it that seems like a little thing but those things build up and if somebody then feels that you can't be relied on in any circumstance then then your integrity, your character is essentially shot because they can't believe any if 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 you can't be faithful in the little things, how can you be trusted with the big things? Yeah, I've said that for years. If you'll compromise on the little things, it's just a matter of time before you'll compromise on the big things. And and how many how many times do we see that that whole notion where you know, oh, it's just a little white lie or something like that. It's, uh, that's as believers, that's very dangerous territory to to get in, wouldn't you say? Yes, very much so. I'm reminded of a, a pastor um, that I knew in uh, many years ago in Nashville, and 
he uh, 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 Pastor David Spring, and he said that um, after church, people would come up to him and and they would just begin to say, "Oh yeah, we should get coffee sometime." And it became code for, "I have no interest in getting together with you at all, but I'm going to say that I am." Uh, just to be nice and to be pleasant, and that's you know a danger that we have a lot of times in church speak. And um, if it's a lie, it's a lie. If you have no intention of of doing that, if of actually getting in this case, in this scenario of getting together, then you're better off not saying anything. If you know you're not going to do it, or you have no intention or desire to do it, then you're better off not saying that. And is that in that particular instance? Is that one of those things where they just wanted to look better in his eyes is that yeah i think that was a big part of it he, you know he was a pastor over a certain part of the church and and they thought it would be great uh to try to buddy buddy up to them and and i appreciate him even years later calling it for what it was he's like okay that's what when i hear you say that i know that you have no intention of doing that because there's no mention of a date or a time uh, it's just this nebulous idea that, oh, yeah, we'll get together sometime. Let's have coffee. Yeah. yeah it became I, a running I, joke in the church. And, and I mean, I've had people do that to me. Oh, we need to get together. Let's let's do lunch. Let's, you know, I'd like to pick your brain on this topic or that topic. Can I, can we meet over lunch? And I go, yeah, sure. Here's my contact info. Crickets. Yeah. And sometimes that happens and, and it's just a one-time thing. Um and and everybody has you know we're the busiest culture that's ever existed on the face of the earth and we all have things going on um but if it's a repeated thing where oh yeah let's get together and it never happens then it just begins to look like an integrity thing uh or a lack of integrity um or insincerity at its very core yeah which you know i i once had a friend that if you were going to get together, you had to tell them 30 minutes earlier than you really wanted them to get there simply because they couldn't be counted on to arrive on time. Yeah. And and even something as simple as that. And, you know, we all have things come up. You know, you, you could all, you know, get stuck in traffic or, or something else. That It's not saying that you have to be perfect all the time right but it 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 goes to a quality of character that if the people around you go that you can't be counted on that you don't think and and this becomes how it's perceived at least from from this end and i i'm one of those people i always try to be early for anything if i if i'm even five minutes late i i am trying to call the person saying sorry i'm running late but um but yeah when it becomes a consistent pattern the person on the other end of that goes, do you think so poorly of me or have so little value for my time that, you know, my time doesn't matter anymore. And that's, that's where we get. And again, you referenced us being very busy, but that's where we get into trouble as a busy society. What's more important, your word or your busyness? Yeah, absolutely. Your word, and and we have to reflect something different than the world is giving. And if we're making false promises or um, being loose about our appointments and the things that we're saying that we are going to do, um, then again, we're no different from the world. How will the how will they see something different if they don't see it in us? 
And the scripture tells us, you know, where to be salt and light, which means being different. It means showing ourselves and and holding ourselves to a higher standard. Right. So let me ask you this. When it comes to integrity and especially when it comes to men, obviously that's not something I can speak to, but but what does that mean as a man? How did, how is that taken and and what would you say to encourage other men who may be struggling in that area? Yeah, if they're um I would say you're better off saying less or nothing um, than you are being verbose of speech or have an abundance of speech uh, to make false promises that you have no intention of doing. Um, just, uh, and obviously we go into the golden rule here, do unto others as you want done to us or as you want done to you. Um, if somebody is making you a false promise, how does that make you feel? And we've probably all been there. I know I have. I know I've had relationships and good friendships, and uh, I eventually came to the point of realization that I was the only one really holding that thing together, uh, holding that friendship or that relationship together, as a, I was the only one reaching out, and uh, or I was the only one making uh, plans to get together. You eventually come to that. So, but every time that I would posit the idea, hey, let's get together. And those plans would fall through. It became a pattern that they didn't have an interest in doing that or, or uh, didn't have the time to do that. And that's okay. But um, they would have been better off saying, you know, I don't have the time right now. I'd love to get together or um, it just doesn't work for me right now. But I think for self-reflection uh, as as a man, I try not to say anything. I, I don't like disappointing people um, in general. Um and so I don't. I'm reluctant to make a definitive plan. And and a lot of you know uh, part of my testimony. Um, some and obviously a lot of you don't. But I deal with an illness that keeps me from um, that can flare up at any time and would uh, keep me from you know, being able to have the energy or, or mental wherewithal to um, get together or do an event. Uh, and so I have to be uh, cautious when I'm making promises because. Um, there's a, a, a level of uncertainty uh, in my future, so um, I always try to make and keep those appointments. And for some reason, I have a, a flare or uh, something comes up. I try to communicate that to the other person as as quickly as I can, and and that's why I'm, I'm very careful to do that because I have extenuating circumstance on and some in those areas. So I don't want to make a promise and then. Uh, let people down by not being able to attend. Yeah. And I I think that goes, a lot of it goes into, and you, you were touching on it. I think a lot of it goes into the, the idea of the relationship that when you're uh, in a relationship with somebody, and I'm not just talking about somebody with the opposite sex, but business partners, friendships, that becomes a two way Street, like you said, you know, you had to come to that realization when somebody would bail out on you, and and I, you know, I've lived in different cities across my lifetime, and the people that wanted to make it work, wanted to make continuing friendship work, yeah. they would carve out the time, and you'd be very intentional with it. Yeah. and that's that's one thing like that I've noticed 
and it 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 falls along that path of integrity. It might seem like we're getting off, but I think we're we're right on on the path of it. Integrity goes into every area of your life. You know, it's not just your casual comments with folks, but it gets down into the nitty gritty of those relationships. Can people trust you? Do people want to be involved? But also that's a two way street. You know, you have the, you have the people who, uh, like you said, you were the ones trying to make all the arrangements. You were the ones trying to make it happen. And then you have other people who go, no, we're going to have this conversation on this and such a day. And, and I, I know I can speak like to my best friend. We lived in all these different cities apart from one another, but we've always set a time to say, this is when we're going to catch up. This is when we're going to have this, this time. And we're flexible because life happens. But, but yeah, I mean, to, to be, to have that moment to say her time is valuable. My time is valuable. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. And to your point, Heather, about if we seems like we're getting off topic, we're uh, always uh, going to be led of the Spirit, and whatever Holy Spirit wants us, us to talk about is where is the direction we're going to be going. So, if it uh, seems like it goes off topic, it could be us. Uh, but uh, we also want um, our first goal is to be uh, sensitive to what He may be saying and may be leading us. Um, and to uh, that point, uh, He was. I think it was sharing with me how many um, blown appointments does it take for you to ruin your witness with oh. another Christian or with a, someone who's not, who, who see, you know, you had a chance to represent uh, Christ and, and represent Christians and you kept um, flaking on your uh, appointments and, and not doing what you said you were going to do. How many of those does it take for you to blow your witness? Well, and that's a that's a good principle regardless. You know, think about that from a business perspective. Sure. Right. You know, if if on my marketing business, if I had client meetings and I never showed for them, I'm never going to have those clients. Right. Or if I make a promise that I'm going to deliver a material, you know, or I'm going to deliver a certain piece of content by X and such a date, how many times can I miss that before they go, I don't want to work with you anymore? Right. So that's something that goes, again, integrity and relationships really go hand in hand because they're reflecting you, but you're supposed to be reflecting God. Right. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of the scripture in Colossians, and I believe, I believe it's Colossians 4. Yeah, it's, it's Colossians 4, and let me, let me pull it up. It said, um, Colossians 4, starting at verse 5, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. And when it talks about outside, it's talking about uh, those who are not of the household of faith, as they say. So so people who aren't believers. Uh, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And, you know, when I think about that, and I love how it reads in the Passion Translation, which is walk in the wisdom of God as you live before unbelievers and make it your duty to make him known. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity, which goes to the integrity point. It says, for then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. And if they can't trust you... They're not going to ask you about your faith. 
your faith doesn't matter if they can't take anything that you're saying as truth. Yeah, I love that. I love that verse and that principle. And uh, Colossians four five, reading it out of the Amplified, says, "Conduct yourself with wisdom in your interactions with outsiders, non-believers. Make the most of each opportunity, treating it as something precious." Oh wow! Yeah. So I think that adds a lot of context there. It's because um, their time should be precious to you. Their word, uh, their commitment, uh, should be precious to you in that reflection. Uh, of your life uh, as a Christian should uh, reflect that to them. And that's and that's in every area of your life. I mean, it can even be somebody you talk to at the grocery store. You know, we used to have this cashier that we would always seek out her line because we just enjoyed talking to her and 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 we would kid and carry on with her and she would laugh and there'd be something about that. But but People, people will be drawn to you if you show them something different. Yeah, and the good news is, is if it seems like this is heavy or anything like that, this is what we're, A, supposed to be doing anyway. And two, the good news is um, that because the world is in the state that it is, um, you will stand out if you're someone who simply keeps your word. I mean, it's, again, we shouldn't get bonus points for keeping our word. That should be something we're doing anyway. But because the world has changed to the degree and uh, people valuing that, um, and just like Heather was talking about with a, a business, a business isn't going to tolerate you um, going and, and missing uh, meetings and, and missing deadlines. No, they're going to find someone else who does. And now imagine that business is the lost, uh, someone who is unsaved, who um, has been hurt in church. They see that uh, you can't keep your word, and and you're no different from anybody else, and they're going to find somebody else. They're going to find some other example to follow instead of you, instead of Christ. So it's a a heavy responsibility. But um, again, in this day and age, you can really shine and stand out by doing those things of integrity, those things we're called to do anyway. And and isn't ultimately reaching the lost our number one job. You know, we can talk about business. We can talk. I was thinking, you know, in the concept, if you're an employee, you know, how many times are you going to be 15 minutes late before they fire you? Right. Yeah. You know, we heard we heard uh, another minister talk about that their workday started at nine and they had a secretary that came in and spent the first 15 minutes in the bathroom putting on her makeup. Yeah, made it's it like, a habit. Made it a habit and that that habit got her fired. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's the same thing. But ultimately, you know, that our witness is our number one job. That, Absolutely. That's yeah. the number one ultimate. That was the great commission. Yeah, and we're using business as an example because it's something we can all relate to. Uh, but we have a, as Christians, we have a higher calling. We, if we're uh, Christian businessmen or Christian business women, uh, then we are held to a higher standard, um, not a lesser one. You don't get uh, greasy grace, as they say. Um, I, I sat under a teaching pastor for many years and. He would need a project done at the house, and he would flip through the Yellow Pages, if anybody out there still remembers Yellow Pages, uh, a phone directory where he could find contractors to do work. And um, he said, as soon as I'd see that fish printed on their advertisement 
he said, I just keep on flipping because he had had too many bad experiences with Christians holding themselves to a lesser standard by saying, oh, well, you know, I'm a Christian too, brother. So, you know, there's forgiveness. <laughs> that's not what grace is for. That's right. not what grace is about. And it's, it's um, insulting that uh, Christ did what he did. And we can say, oh, we we can skirt the, the rules. I, I don't know why this is coming up, but um, do you remember when you were in grade school and you're in the gym class and they would have you run around the gymnasium? Then I would really try to forget that. Yeah, it was, those were dark times. But uh, for for me, when we were, I was in elementary school. We had a gymnasium, and it was a rectangular gymnasium, like most of them are. And and they would tell you to run the four corners, you know, run around. And you'd always have one or two that would try to cut the edges, cut the corners, you know, literally cut the corners to do less. And instead of going to each point and then taking the next turn, they would try to. Uh, do that, and if they got away with it, you'd see the the curve get larger and larger and larger, and so they were running far less than the other people, which obviously isn't or other kids, which is obviously not fair. And what happened when the coach uh, would see that? He would uh, oftentimes he would punish that uh, that student uh, for not doing it correctly, and sometimes he'd punish the whole class because they did it. Um, that, those those weren't fun days. So when you get punished for something uh, that someone else does, because somebody else took uh, cut cor- literally cut corners, and you get punished for it. So and I, you know, we we talk about this especially in in Christian lives and and how important it is to do what we say we're going to do to follow instructions to the letter in a job situation, in a, in a school situation, that sort of thing. But, but we understand too, that nobody is perfect. So if this is an area that, that you're struggling with, if this is an area that, that you've had challenges in, in the past, then, then I want to encourage you that, that there is the ability to change. There is the ability, um, we would love to pray with you. If you leave a comment, we, we'd love to, to come in agreement with your, your prayers on being better. We'd love to, to um, encourage you in that area that, that as we grow in the Lord and as we, we embrace these concepts of integrity and honesty, that um, we, are, we are growing. We are all works in progress. The Bible says we are running a race, and it should be our goal to finish the race uh, well. Yes. We want to be able, uh, when we stand before Jesus, for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Absolutely. So, so I want to just encourage you with that. that it's, not, it, it's an encouragement that we can all be better. Yeah. I want to reinforce that, too, that it's not about being perfect. It's not about being... This legalistic idea that, oh, I've got to get everything right. I can't make a mistake. Or if I miss an appointment, uh, you know, mad, angry God's going to reach down and get me. Uh, definitely not the case there. It's just uh, a moment of self-reflection. Is there Are there areas in our lives where we have gotten into those patterns um, where we've we have been lax in um, keeping our appointments or our time or, or being respectful of other people's time? You know, have we said unnecessary things? Have we made promises uh, that we had no intention of doing? 
those moments of self-reflection and, and asking God, hey, is there some, is this an issue for me? How can I, if it is, how can I improve that? You know, or I want to be better. And uh, that's something that we will uh, love to pray with people about. Yeah. And I would say, I would say too, just, just like you were saying, take that, take that moment and, and just ask the Lord if there's something in your life that, that is an area for improvement, ask him to reveal it to you. And, and he's faithful to do that. So, um, on that note, any closing thoughts? No, uh, I know it's got a little heavy there, and and uh, with that topic, now all topics won't be that that heavy or um, that I guess intense. But it's one of those things that um, it's it, it is important, especially in today's culture, and and uh, we can make a huge uh, witness for Christ if we do those things that we're called to do. Thank you. And so I want to, again, encourage you all, if you have any questions, any comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment uh, on the thread, depending on where you're listening to this podcast. And as always, I want to thank you for listening to Exchanging Eternal Truths, uh, brought to you on Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. We thank you for joining us and uh, we will talk to you next time. Be blessed.